Hello, friends. You've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. A little bit of a different type of episode. So this isn't a, a normal episode of the Man Cave Podcast. All right, I'm just I'm just said, throwing that out there right away. So last week we were, or I was at uh, training camp for, for the Packers, able to catch up with uh, the voice of the Packers, Radio Network, Wayne Larravee, also catching up with, with Rob Demosky, who covers the Packers for ESPN.com. So in case you missed those interviews that's what this podcast is is it's those two interviews all right so don't worry this isn't the full episode of the podcast for this week in case you're just freaking out right now i just wanted to put up those uh those interviews for you uh so you could take a listen in case uh you missed out on them so let's just get into it all right here's my interviews here's my chats with the voice of the green bay packers wayne larvey and espn packers insider rob Domovsky. we'll start off with rob and then get to then get to Wayne Larvey. Enjoy. All right, live from uh, Green Bay here, and a good friend of the show, Rob Domofsky, ESPN. First time we've seen each other in person. We've talked to each other on the phone a many few times. times. Yeah, exactly. Over the years. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for stopping by. So, uh, you know, training camp's getting started. It's kind of weird to say that football season's getting going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but first, the most important thing I got to ask you. How's Hogan doing with basketball? Good. We just wrapped up AAU. Um, it's kind of weird that he's played his last AAU game. Yeah. Getting ready for the high school season. So there's a lot of people who think we got a really good chance to win state this year. But as I tell everybody, until you win it, you haven't done anything. Exactly. Is he a senior this year? He'll be a senior at De Pere. So yeah. is he looking at colleges? Yeah, right we've now? made s- several visits. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. I've been following, obviously, on Twitter and prep no, and stuff. So that's it's good to hear. So where's he get his basketball skills? Uh, not, well, he doesn't get his height from me. I can tell you that. <laughs> so that comes from my wife's side. That's awesome. So uh, with training camp, you know, starting day one today, yeah. uh, you know, I know. On when or on excuse me on Tuesday, a lot of stuff kind of popped up with yeah. uh, Sammy Watkins going on. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get some clarity on that. But um, it's not unusual to have a bunch of guys on PUP. But now mm-hmm. I think it's what well between that and NFI, right. which basically the difference between NFI is that whatever the injury was didn't happen on a football field. It could be a weight room thing, could be whatever. You know, whereas Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, all those guys were hurt in a football game. But right. it's essentially the same thing. So right. it is. it does seem like there are a lot of guys uh, yeah. in that category right now. But, you know, some of them we expected. And, and obviously Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson mm-hmm. um, were a little unexpected. With the, with the Bakhtiari thing now, is I, I've been kind of terming it uh, at the beginning of the week, are you a glass half full, a glass <laughs> half empty kind of thing? <laughs> you know, like with – because we know Green Bay is kind of, you know, really right. cautious yeah. with – with their injuries, is that like a you know? I was like imagining, are they just going to put them out with some workouts, see how that knee react or knee yeah. reacts a little bit, or is there something really to be concerned about? I mean, we're in, what nineteen months yeah. removed from the injury, uh, a little bit less than that from the surgery, which is highly, highly unusual. Yep. Um, what we haven't been able to determine. Uh, but I think we can make an educated guess on is, did he have another surgery this offseason? Or did they just say, you know what, we brought him back, it was too early, uh, he had those 27 snaps against Detroit, and, and he just needed more time, so they gave him the offseason off? Or 
probably more likely did he have to have something else done to it, and he's still working his way back from that. It almost would be a little bit more, um, you know, probably le- it would be a little less concerning for them if it was the latter, and he just, hey, he just had another surgery, that's going to take care of it, mm-hmm. rather than the unknown of, hey, is he just going to come back again and we're going to be back in the same situation. Right. Uh, but it's not great. I mean, this is not ideal because, uh, you know, Bakhtiari really holds – the key to the whole offensive line. If he comes back, obviously left tackle is settled. Mm-hmm. Then when Elton Jenkins comes back, probably you know week five, six, somewhere in there, right. then you can either put him at right tackle or at left guard, and you don't have to worry about left tackle. But if you have no Bakhtiari, yeah. no Elton Jenkins to start yeah. the year, now who are your tackles? Right, and that's what I was going to ask you. Is like Yash. Yash is probably at the left tackle. And, Cole Van Lannan maybe well, I mean, right tackle? Cole Van Lannan was the one who was working as the number two right tackle in the OTAs. Mm-hmm. Now they drafted the kid Sean Ryan in the third round. has played multiple positions, right. really played everywhere on the line. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Cole Van Landen, I don't think he played a snap last year yeah. as a rookie. He was only on the active roster for a couple weeks. So uh, they better hope he made a big jump if that's the way it's yeah. going to be. Or can you see, I mean, Dennis Kelly came in after training camp last year, I, I believe, right? I believe he signed. He, I think he might have signed with somebody. Or he retired. Right. So One of the two. I think he's with the, the Colts or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head. So could you see Green Bay maybe? I mean, there's Eric Fisher out there. Yeah, there are Jason definitely Peters, guys. You know? I, I would highly doubt we would see that person until you know it's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they've shown before you can bring tackles in the week before a game and right. come in and play and, and do an okay Valdir, job. Valdir, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Jared Valdir was a perfect example. Yep. Exactly. So I think he's retired. Yeah. No, he's probably not coming <laughs> yeah, back. Probably not. Point, so. But, you know, everybody's Dan, talking about, like, all right, who are the receivers that are going to replace Adams, which obviously is a huge storyline, probably mm-hmm. gets more headlines. But the, the fact that you asked about the offensive line before any of that, I think tells you that that's really important, maybe even more important than receiver. Right, exactly. And then, you know, obviously you, you mentioned receiver with Christian Watson, yep. and now Sammy Watkins. Yeah. How big of a year is this, though, for Alan Lazar Huge. to really prove that he can be a number one Huge guy? for a number of reasons. One, obviously the contract. He's mm-hmm. going to be an uh, unrestricted free agent after this season. Two, he's never really had this chance to be the number one. Now, you could go down the list of, of a bunch of guys and say, yeah, there's a good case for him as the number one receiver, but there's also a good case for him not to be the number one receiver. And I think Lazard fits into that category just like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. There's reasons to think that he could be a number one. He's got great experience with Rodgers. He's sure-handed. He he knows what he's doing. He rarely screws up. But does he have the pure athleticism, you know, to be that guy? And and you can go on to the next guy. You can go to Christian Watson. Well, he's got the physical tools, but he's never played in the NFL before. Right. Um, You know, Romeo Dobbs, same way. I mean, that guy looks incredibly skilled, but he's a fourth-round pick for a reason, right? Right. So there's, there's reasons that you'd think. Yeah, this guy, any of these guys, Sammy Watkins, if, if, I mean, he was a number one receiver at one point. It's been mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, Randall Cobb, you know, I mean, a slot guy is probably not going to be a number one, but there's reasons I think he could be the most targeted guy, but right. there's also reasons to say, well, he's been injured and right. it's not going to happen. So there's just huge question marks on all those guys. And, and one guy, you know, I think we're, we're kind of, Mari Rogers, Murray Rogers heading into yeah. his second year. I mean, yeah, and he did nothing last year. Yeah. I mean, absolutely nothing as a pretty high pick, right? Yep, third third, third round. round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he did zero. Now, part of that was Cobb coming in and, and taking a lot of snaps, but he's got to show something, too. They ha- it, It's funny because I was talking to Cobb in uh, OTA or minicamp. I can't remember which one. And he said, you know, we were talking about this very thing. 
And he's like, look, there's 160-some targets to go around, right? I mean, Devontae got a lot of targets. Yeah. It's not going to go to one guy, but there sure are a lot of targets that are going to go to other guys. It's right. just going to be a matter of who can who can make it work. Exactly. Rob Domovsky, ESPN.com, joining us here from uh, training camp in Green Bay. So a lot of talk has been on this defense mm. with, with yeah. the Georgia guys. I mean, you were around in 96 yeah. with Super Bowl 31. Yeah. So is there obviously even 2010 yeah. i mean the defense i was thinking about this the other day that in 2010 uh, especially in that playoff run it was really defensive plays that kind of sealed all those games mm-hmm. uh, i think it was the wild card game in philadelphia tremont williams yep. came up with a big interception uh, i think he might have had another one in atlanta, atlanta and, six, and yeah. then uh, uh sam shields had one and bj raji right in yep. chicago if i'm not mistaken the championship game and then obviously nick collins in the super bowl uh, uh, you know everyone talks about the receivers and the offense but but really those defenses have been really really good um I was thinking about this. When's the last time they've really had a really, really good defense? You know, last year statistically they were good, but let's face it, they were they, they right. were not that good. They were 29th in the league in yards allowed per mm-hmm. rush, 4.7 yards per rush. Even though their run defense was like 11th or 12th, it really wasn't that good. Teams just didn't run that much maybe because they were behind. Right. But when it came to yards per carry, they couldn't really stop anybody. So. Um, you know, it's been a while since they've had this kind of potential on defense. Obviously, everybody's healthy now. Mm-hmm. If it stays that way, they got a real chance. Yeah. You know, one question, if I could ever ask Aaron, so if you get a chance. Okay. To ask this well, year. we will talk to him uh, <laughs> uh, after the first practice. So it was like, you know, because in, in years past, it's always been like a number one corner or a new corner coming in. Yeah. And Aaron is always t- kind of like, it seems like in training camp, yeah. targeted those sure. young guys. Yeah, yeah. This year, it's a little bit different where he's got right. some great corners, but young wide yeah. receivers. Does he change that mindset a little bit? No, honestly, I think what he would love to see is all those guys go up against Jair Mm -hmm. and Rasul Douglas and Eric Stokes as much as they possibly can. I remember when Jair Alexander was a rookie, he said, give me Devontae Adams every time. Let me me take him. I'm going to get burned. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to get beat. But I'm also going to learn a heck of a lot. And and I now think, and Jair even talked about kind of paying it forward a little bit. You know, now that he's one of those guys, he can help those those young guys. Um, you know, the training camp's one of the few times that you see ones versus ones. Right. You know, the regular season, it's always the number one offense is going against scout team. Number one defense going against offensive scout team. So, you know, we'll get... I don't know, two, three weeks of ones versus ones. They don't do it as much as they used to, but they still do it. And that will be, you know, the best chance, maybe even more so than preseason games, because mm-hmm. Rodgers isn't going to play in the preseason. Right. They're, they're never going to have the starting offense together in the preseason. So, you know, these practices might tell us at least where they're starting off, uh, you know, when it comes to the regular season. Is there, I mean, I've been hearing a lot about Tyler Davis, the, the yeah. tight ends. You know, is there something <laughs> you know, to do that? I think everybody's excited because he had one catch for. 22 yards like down the seam. Uh, I can't remember who it was against. Uh, and it might might have been. I don't have the stats in front of me. That might have been his only <laughs> catch of the year. It's a heck of a play. Right. And, you know, everyone's, oh, okay, well, he's got this potential. And maybe he does. But he still only has, what, one or two NFL right. catches or whatever it is. It was, it was interesting, though, that during the draft, Brian Gutekunst just mentioned him you know, unprompted, he said, I think we might have something there. Uh, so obviously that's there's a lot of expectations just because of that and opportunity, too, because 
there's a decent chance Robert Tunyon's not going to be ready week one, although from what I was told, he's been telling people, I'm definitely going to be ready. Now, you take that with a grain of salt because what player will ever say, I'm not going to be ready, but it sounds like he thinks he has a real chance to play in week one. What, who do you think is under the most pressure this year, coaching-wise? Mm. Rich Bisaccia <laughs> coming in with a lot yeah. of hype. You got Joe Barry with that right. revamped defense, or or Matt LaFleur as a play caller on yeah. offense with no Devontae I mean, Adams. And, and not only no Devontae Adams, but he's lost a lot of his key offensive staff members. Nathaniel Hackett obviously yep. got the head coaching job in Denver. Luke Getze uh, is the offensive coordinator at Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is you know this is Matt Lafleur's deal now. Not that it wasn't before; he's always been the play caller. Right. Uh, but it will be. He's got to adapt to a couple things, like you mentioned, no Devonte Adams. Uh, and then not having those same guys when they're sitting there on Tuesday uh, all day game planning meetings, you know, saying, you know, bouncing ideas. And it's mm-hmm. kind of a new uh, group with Adam Stenovich as the um, offensive coordinator and Tom Clements back as quarterbacks coach. And they've never worked together before. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of offensive questions other than just, you know, how they're going to replace Devontae Adams. Right. What kind, what does Tom Clements bring other than his relationship with Aaron Rodgers? Yes, that's, that <laughs> keeps Aaron Rodgers happy. happy. Right. Uh, I think I wrote in, like, one of my training camp previews that ran this week on ESPN.com, keeping Rodgers happy yep. is one of the key things that they have to do to be successful. And by hiring the guy he loves as his quarterback's coach, uh, and look, that's not to say Tom won't have an impact in other ways, mm-hmm. but he's here because Aaron Rodgers wants him to be here. Right. Have you heard anything about Mason Crosby? I know he's on the pup list. Yeah, he and- didn't kick the last – I think it was during minicamp. He did not kick at all. And I think I saw um, at the soccer game he had, like, bandages. Yeah, on he was like riding that. the bike. He didn't didn't look too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is they're just trying to – you know, they know what Mason is. I, right. You know, the, the bigger operation – or bigger thing is the operation. The long snapper holder, they yeah. need some reps there. I mean – the new punter, Pat uh, O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he keep on calling him O'Connell for some reason. <laughs> Pat O'Donnell uh, is a good holder. He's an experienced guy. But the long snapping situation, I mean, Stephen Wordle was not good last year. And then they've got a guy named Jack Coco, I believe his yep. name is. Uh, and he's a, uh, you know, never played in the NFL. So it would not surprise me if the long snapper is not right on their roster right now. So they're, they're going to have to get reps that way. But it was interesting. Dan, as, as you know, the special teams, like, you know, it's just been a thing that dr- have driven fans nuts over the years, right? right? So at the shareholders meeting the other day, uh, Brian Gutekunst gives his football report. He basically just reads the roster. Kind of like Ted did back Exactly. Then. Ted yeah. used to go, well, at quarterback, we have Aaron Rodgers. At running back, <laughs> we have, you know. But Goody's a little bit more um, detailed, but not really. And he basically read the coaching staff or the new coaches. And when he said Rich Bisaccia is our new special teams coordinator, it, it might have been the loudest ovation. in that stadium which tells me i mean look the quote-unquote owners are not really the owners but they're (laughs) sick of tired of special teams ruining their deal so um the fact that 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 got the loudest ovation and that they finally feel like maybe they have a real special teams coach in there um i remember talking about to you at, at the time in the spring when they had either hired rich or had fired drayton and hadn't hired anybody yet and i went back and looked i think it was the last eight special teams coordinators have all either been fired or forced into retirement. Like, so it's not just a Mo Drayton problem. It's not right. just a Ron Zook and uh, Sean Menega problem. It's an organizational problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least now they have an experience. It seems like they're guy. bringing in players to kind of fit that. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, all right, you can, you can have the greatest scheme guy and mm-hmm. greatest motivator as a coordinator. If you don't have the players that can play special teams – you know, you don't have much of a chance. They have never really kept guys just for special teams. Uh, I'm going back, you know, probably a decade here, but 
remember Chris Banjo? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anthony Levine was another guy. Jarrett Bush. Yeah, th- those there. guys um, couldn't really play positions. Like, mm-hmm. Banjo was like the sixth safety. But he was a heck of a special teams player. And Ted Thompson decided, you know, if he can't play defense for us, I'm not going to keep him. And that guy went on to have like a 10-year special teams career. He might have even made a Pro Bowl as a special teamer with the Saints. And same thing with Anthony Levine. He hardly played on defense. I think he was a corner. But he went to Baltimore and was like a special teams dynamo for, you know, several years. And they've just never kept guys for that purpose. And I'll be very interested to see. If there is a few players like that that, hey, look, they're not going to help us on offense or defense, but they can really help us on special teams. Uh, Just to kind of wrap it up here, I know you wrote about it, but, I mean, how big of a training camp is this for Jordan Love this year, year three? Yeah, I mean, I think this is when he's got to take a a huge step, um, you know, because year three is when Rodgers – it happened for Rodgers. And, you know, look, I can't sit here and say at this point in Rodgers' career after two years that I was sure – that he was going to be really good, but I think we had seen some signs. Mm-hmm. We really haven't seen a ton of signs from Jordan Love yet. And even if Jordan Love isn't the future here, he's still got to go out and have a really good training camp if he wants to get traded somewhere else right. to play next year. Let's say Rodgers does play three more years. He'll, he'll probably want out. Uh, and then for the Packers, if they're ever going to get anything for him, they need him to go out and play really well. So right. it, it would help both parties if he really showed something, you know, had, had a big training camp and big preseason. So, I mean, flash forward or rewind to last year, do you think we'd still be talking about Aaron Rodgers and another, another training camp in 2022 for Green I, Bay? I did not. Yeah. Um, but to his credit, he came in a year ago at this time, laid out all of his grievances, was was honest with us. Mm-hmm. You know, because there were people who thought the media was making this up and, you know, this is a non-story. And he stood there for, I don't know, 30 minutes and basically went through everything that he was mad about, yeah. which was everything that we had written about. And he owned it, and they worked through it. And the fact that they're in the place where they are right now, like I would have said, well, he's just going to play last year, and that's going to be it. He's either yeah. going to retire or want out. Um, now he signed that three-year extension. Does that mean he's going to play that long? Maybe not. But I did ask him in uh, minicamp, are you pretty sure you're going to finish your career here? And he said definitely. What a change of I mean, it's unbelievable. year. Yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson gets traded. Right. I mean, how many times do we see that? Rob, yeah. big thanks for stopping by. It's great to – Actually meet you face-to-face. Yeah. Face, well, so. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy uh, your stay in my fair city here. We're, we're going to we're gonna do some golf at, uh, I think, Thornberry. Oh, it? that's great. There? Yeah, so you'll enjoy that. Course? Very good. Yeah. Awesome. How's the golf game this year? Uh, not very good this year, but that place <laughs> holds a uh, special spot for me. I qualified for a state amateur there. Oh, nice. A uh, long time ago when I used to be good. <laughs> well, Rob, thank you very much. For All right. Yep, by. thanks for having me. You got it. All right, we're back to Dan Casper's show live from Green Bay just outside Lambeau Field, day one of training camp. And uh, joining us now with a quick stop is uh, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Mr. Wayne Larravee. Thank you for stopping by. Good Wayne, to be with you, Dan. Uh, I know you were, I think, in Eau Claire about a month or so ago with the Boy Scouts event uh, yeah. over there, too. So That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, thank you again for, for stopping by. And, uh, you know, looking at training camp here, day one, do you have like anything in like you're kind of watching for for day one? I mean, I know it's early and everybody's kind of I know freaking out about David Bakhtiari and, and some of the players going on these these pup lists and that. But you know what what's kind of going through your mind with day one of training camp here? I I just want to see how the team kind of comes together these first couple of weeks. I want to take a look at the rookies at closer. Um, you know, really to be honest with you guys. Um, it doesn't really start until they get through the first three practices in shorts and 
t-shirts, essentially, uh, shorts and jerseys. Once they put the pads on, you start to see a little bit of what you've got. And, um, but not everything. I mean, it's not like, like training camp was 40 years ago when I first started out in the league. Um, you know, there, there isn't the same kind of scrimmaging and hitting that goes on. But you can start to see guys and how they move in pads, and that's a lot different from what they've done in OTAs and minicamp in the first three days of training camp. But this is all about uh, the celebration of football season being back is what to, these first couple of days are about. When you, as, as training camp it kind of gets going and we get closer to preseason and more practices, are there certain position groups that you're going to kind of keep your eye on mostly oh yeah i think like most people the wide receiver who emerges at wide receiver uh can any of the rookies help there i think also defensively let's see how quickly uh they're able to incorporate especially Mm -hmm. the two first round rookies into at least the rotation of what they're doing defensively uh quay walker um you know chris barnes is not going away all right chris barnes a heck of a player He's probably the hardest hitter on that defense. So, um, you know, everyone's saying, well, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell, and it's like Chris Barnes, did he get traded? Did he leave the team via free? <laughs> no, he's still here, and he's a, he's a good player. Um, but Quay Walker was drafted in the first round. Um, you know, we haven't seen Devontae White. I, I feel like in watching the OTAs in minicamp, we haven't seen this rookie uh, defensive lineman because you can't see linemen in, in the shell stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't see – until they put the pads on, you don't see what linemen can do. Okay, mm-hmm. the other factor is um, special teams, right? And and you see as recently as yes, the other day they pick up uh, uh, you know Dallin Levitt, former Raider, right? Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, former Raider. Yep. These are guys around this team for one. And by the way, they're going to make the fifty-three. By the way, it looks like, um, and these guys are on to play special teams. And that definitely seems like a different approach, maybe from yeah. the last few years where. You know, I don't know if this was the case, but, you know, they're guys the last couple of years playing special teams, maybe never played special teams before. Well, you, you know, and the other thing about it, if you want to be good on special teams, and I've said this for years and years, okay, you've got a commitment of roster spots. Okay, You have a 53-man roster. What is it, 46 or yeah, uh, on game day? On game day. Yep. Okay, you've got a 53-man roster. You've got three specialists, okay? You've got a long snapper, a punter, and a kicker, mm-hmm. all right? Now... The good teams, you go to Harbaugh's Baltimore Ravens, the good teams have, and I see it every year, I count at least five players who are on the 53-man roster, on the 46-man roster on game day, and God forbid they should have to play offense or defense, but doggone it, they are going to play every single snap of special teams. Mm -hmm. That's what the good teams do. That takes a heck of a requirement. That takes a a, a heck of a commitment from your front office, first and foremost, to award those roster spots to players that mm, probably aren't going to help you on offense or defense. And number two, your coaching staff on game days, we only have 46 spots here. You mean we got to commit five to these guys who we're hoping don't play offense and defense? That's hard to do. It's hard for any organization to do, but it's the commitment that has to be made if you're going to be really good on special teams. Mm-hmm. Looking back at almost a year ago and where we're at now, would you have thought a year ago Aaron Rodgers would be here in 2022 for, for training camp? No, I, I was of the belief that it was the last dance. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the last dance only for Devontae Adams. Right. You know? <laughs> but I am delighted Aaron Rodgers is back, and I think he's going to be back this year and for sure next year. And, and beyond that, who knows? But um, I, I am really delighted. He gives the Packers – hey, listen, he gives – he makes them relevant. You right. know. Now, I think they have a fine team around him, all right? 
Um, yeah, they're question marks and inexperience at wide receiver. But you look at running back, and if, if Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins come back and play on the offensive line, they're really solid in those areas. And defensively, around the league, and I go from pro football focus on down, I've done all the data collection for my boards and everything else. The Packers' defense is highly regarded now. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, let's see it. Right. We've got to see it. All right. Uh, Jair Alexander said as much that hey we think we're going to be great but we got to do it on the field and mm-hmm. and that the proof will be in the pudding so um but this is a very good roster Brian Gutekunst has done an outstanding job of building this roster and he and Russ Ball making sure they could fit guys under the salary cap on this team to give them an opportunity the Packers are rated in the top five and most um uh, grading uh, right. around the league going into this season and that's with a wide receiver core that is generally considered to be one of the you know uh, least experienced let's put right. it that way kindly in the league <laughs> Wayne Larravy voice of the Green Bay Packers you can hear him on the Packers radio network new radio uh, switching over from WTMJ this year too so uh, a little bit different for you guys. Yeah, uh, the new flagship in Milwaukee is 97-3 the game. Yep. Um, you know, football on, on the FM really, uh, really could be good. It really would be um, y- y- to hear all the sounds of the game. Mm-hmm. It sounds best on, uh, right. on, on FM. Yep, that thing, though, definitely. I want to go back to the defense here really quick for you. When was the last time, because you've obviously watched this team or have you been around Green Bay for a long time, it feels like this is the first time in a long time that this defense is maybe too deep at every position. You you got some depth at this. I mean, you mentioned Chris Barnes, Quay Walker, Campbell. Kenny Clark seems to actually have some more help on the defensive line. A lot of that, uh, the secondary depth with, with the safeties and in the corners there. I mean, it seems like this defense is deeper at almost every position than it's been since maybe 2010. I, I think know? they're deep um, on the first two lines. Uh, on the the uh, defensive line is deeper. They have a much better rotation. I really like what they've done up there. Uh, linebacking core is deeper, and I think they have enough people there. Um, at cornerback, they've got three starters, basically, which is, you know, most teams struggle to get two. So they're, they're in pretty good shape there, and I, I think, um, you know, that's going to pan out well. And safety, they're a little thin. Mm-hmm. There's no question they've got an experience behind the starters, and the starters, especially Darnell Savage, has to play better this year. He just has to play better. Um, you know, go look up the numbers, uh, the, the gradings in pro football focus. Darnell Savage has to be the player they drafted him to be this year. And these two safeties, who have been amazingly durable over the last three years, have to stay on the field because the inexperience behind them. They're going to try to develop safeties that can come in and, and play capably. Um, and that's what the part of training camp and preseason is going to be about. Mm-hmm. So the one area on defense that, they're, that I look at and they're a little bit thin at, I would say safety. But only from an experience standpoint, I think they've got the talent uh, that, that they can develop people behind the two starters that will play capably. Last question for you, Winks. I know you got to get going here, but it's a question I've been kind of asking everybody. With the high expectations this year with this team, you look at the coaching staff. In your opinion, who do you think would be under more pressure? Rich Passaccia, who's you know, everybody's like hyping it up like the special teams. We got the best special teams coordinator in the league coming over. Is there more pressure on him to improve that unit? Is it Matt LaFleur with a different offense? 
or is it Joe Barry because everybody has those high expectations? For yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Barry certainly has high expectations on his unit, very much so. And mm-hmm. and as I mentioned, they've got to go out and prove it now. Um, you know, last year's unit was improved in one area. They forced more turnovers than Mike Patton's defense did. And that uh, that's good. That's what a defense has to do. This year, uh, the expectation's even higher. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so there's pressure there. Rich Bisaccia, um, I, I look at his situation of if he gets the tools he needs, as we talked about a few minutes ago, uh, yeah, then, then the expectation of pressure will be on, on that unit. But, um, you know, let's see what, how that pans out. I think this is going to be fascinating to watch the offense under Matt LaFleur because they are now going to be forced to really run that offense and move the ball around. Quick hitters and passing uh, attempts. You know, you're going to be getting the ball out quickly, a little bit faster. Um, you know, the, the thing they don't have is it, Devontae Adams is the best in the league at getting open at the snap of the ball. He was open to the snap of the ball. 99% of the receivers in this league, including some of whom are going to the Hall of Fame, don't get open at the snap of the ball. Mm-hmm. Devontae does. That's the one uh, safety valve that Aaron doesn't have. But they're going to be running this offense. I think you're going to see the running backs much more involved uh, wide in the passing game a little bit. You're going to get the ball to an Aaron Jones in space and let him explode, uh, you know, that kind of thing. You're going to see more of that, more motion in this offense, I think, this year. And so it's going to be a different offense. But I've said this before. Um, are they as good without Devontae Adams? Of course not. But they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I, that kind of makes it more exciting for me, too. Is like, it feels like it's a little bit of an unknown what, what this offense can look like. Yeah, this year. and I think it's going to be Matt LaFleur. It's going to be really his offense. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to see it really for the first time, maybe. Absolutely. Wayne, thank you so much for stopping by. It was great to meet with you and chat great with you. Great to be on with you guys. All right, have Appreciate fun at training camp. Hey everyone, Dan again. Before I let you go, I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you could do me a favor though and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give it a five-star rating, that would be awesome. Don't worry, it's free to subscribe. And make sure you're following me on Twitter at Dan Casper. Remember, that's Casper with a K. And liking the page at Facebook at facebook.com slash Casper Sports. See you next time in the Man Cave.